Well, 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 here we are. Episode 82, last game of the regular season. Get in these playoffs, baby. What a choice, you know, 82 games. Anyway, welcome to Requiem for a Tuesday. It's me, your mans, Adam Pecora. Welcome back. Welcome for the first time. How you doing? How are you? Thanks for tuning in. Uh, took took the vacation week last week. Didn't originally plan on it. Things just ended up getting a little hectic as they tend to do around these Thanksgiving times. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. We don't give the people half-assed episodes. Jesus. Couldn't even. Isn't that ironic Like when you can't do something like that? Like, I couldn't say half-assed correctly. I half-assed it. There's definitely a word for that, but it escapes me if I know it at all. But you know me. I know it all. That's right. I did that. I went there. Fired up. It's great to be back. (laughs) Oh, boy. Pretty uneventful Thanksgiving, I gotta say. Pretty terrible football. But it was football nonetheless. And yeah, not not a not a real whole lot went on. I was hoping to get some material out of that. Not the case. What can you do? My original plan for What would have been last week's episode was I was going to try to do uh, a Thanksgiving-themed episode, but, like, there's just not enough Thanksgiving stuff for me to talk about. Now, I'm I'm sure there's many examples of movies that at least feature Thanksgiving, but, like... The only movie I could think of that was Thanksgiving like themed outright was Thanksgiving, which would bring you back to like the earlier days of streaming on Netflix where it's like, what the fuck is most of this garbage? It was like F movies <laughs> and just the lowest quality shit you could ever imagine. There's a bunch of like trauma pictures on there. I remember things of that nature. It was one of those, and it was like 38 minutes or something, and it ended up being pretty good. Killer turkey on the loose. You know, all of it played for satire. Thank God. I think that was the thing. We went in expecting it to be played very seriously, and uh, luckily that was not the case. Would have been much to our chagrin. You know what I mean? I think at one point the turkey cuts one of the... It's like college kids going home for Thanksgiving. And I think he like cuts the face off one of the dads and is just wearing it. But he's like turkey size. But she's like, hey dad. It's like, alright. I think he like fucks one of the chicks. It's pretty crazy. It's good stuff. Check out Thanksgiving if you can. Or you know what? Go out of your way. Why not? I think a lot of horror movies would be a lot better if they were just aware that they were not good. Now, I I don't know how easy that is to do, I guess. Because then eventually that would become a problem. And then that would be no good. And like that would be done poorly. And it's like they can't even do satire correctly. It's like that. Then you're really down a rabbit hole. I don't know. I don't have faith in horror movie makers for the most part. You know, shout out Robert Eggers. The North Man can't wait. The guy's two for two. So, and we're we're only escalating. So the budget keeps getting bigger. I love The Lighthouse. So, pretty hype on that. Unlike Jordan Peele. You guys know how I feel about that. (laughs) I feel like I've brought that up on here many times. 
you know, I feel like I gotta be like Dennis Green. You want to crown him? Crown their ass. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, go ahead. You want to crown him? Go ahead. I'm not gonna. Everybody wants to act like this guy's fucking Stanley Kubrick. He made one good movie. It's like I get it. It was a good movie. But let's relax. Let's pump the brakes. It's just everybody, you know, you can't know something's going to be good before it comes out. After someone's first movie. I had to to gather thoughts right there. That's why the pause was so great. Because, yeah, you can. like You know what I mean? Like, Licorice Pizza's about to come out. I missed the fucking one screening that was happening. You know, you don't check Instagram for an hour. Excuse me. I'm on, I check it every hour for no reason. The one hour I don't check it. I don't check it every hour. Like it's actually planned even. I don't know how often I check it. Not often enough, apparently. There was one goddamn screening before Christmas and it was like next week as of this recording. Shout out to my future listeners. <laughs> uh, and yeah, missed it. Sold out in a heartbeat, of course. So now I gotta wait till fucking Christmas to see it. But anyway, my point is that man has deeply earned the right to have high expectations. Jordan Peele has not earned the right to have high expectations. And it was those very high expectations, you know, that have gotten me to where I am today. Just disappointed and broken. <laughs> no, but I, I don't know. I thought us sucked. I thought it was going to be great, just like everybody else. And then I just admitted the truth when it wasn't. We'll see. Who's the other big... There's another guy. Or it's the same type of thing. Oh, Danny McBride's making a horror movie? That can't be good. Halloween 2018? That was way better than I ever would have thought. And then guess what? Rip it right out of my heart. With the next one. With the Halloween kills. It's just like, you can't trust these people. And you can't anoint these people as massive talents. Because they make one movie. Breaks my heart. I don't even know how I ended up back down this rabbit hole. Fuck Halloween Kills, though. (laughs) God, I hated that movie. Please go listen to the Halloween extravaganza episode if you haven't listened to that. I'm pretty upset. (laughs) I fucking hated that movie. Anyway, what are you talking about today, Adam? I don't know. Really. No, I'm going to talk about some new movies. Um, Possibly some football. We'll see. Depends how much time we got. Well, we'll probably have a decent amount of time. Because I'm not super invested in these movies. But. So ever since I heard the fucking name of 8-Bit Christmas. Boy, did I want to jump out of a building. I mean, Christmas movies are bad. What is this title? Like, you definitely came up with the title before anything. And then... You see... You know, it comes up as, like, the little preview before the episode starts when you're trying to watch Succession or, you know, something good like that on HBO. And it's like, oh, look, 8-Bit Christmas. And it's like, what the fuck is this? And then they're like, oh, Neil Patrick Harris is the star. And it's like, oh, my God, is this awful. And it's like, is it animated? No. And it's like, what? <laughs> okay. And I feel like it's all misleading. I mean, I'm half paying attention whenever that shit comes on and I'm trying to hit skip or whatever. So I never once, like, fully ever watched the trailer. But what I experienced the many times that it had come up is that I flat out missed the entire premise of the movie. It would just be like Neil Patrick Harris says a thing, like, here's a zing. Here's a quick little zing for the the camera, for the people. 
And then it's like 8-bit Christmas. And it's like, what is this? None of this makes any sense. Anyway, so if you're unfamiliar, I'll fill you in. I, I'd say spoilers, but like, does it matter? Not at all. But I mean, I'm going to say what I, me- <laughs> what I meant by that, just to clarify, I will be saying and revealing spoilers, quote unquote. But do I even need to give you that warning because this movie's irrelevant? No. But I guess I effectively just did. So yes. Crazy how everything works. (laughs) The universe is crazy, bro. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Look. So here's 8-Bit Christmas. (laughs) I can't... I don't want to say it either. I don't like saying it. It's really irritating to me. 8-bit Christmas. Like, go fuck yourself. That just makes me so mad. <laughs> and I can't even really piece together why. It's just, I don't know, just the half-assed rhyming of it. And just the total irrelevancy of the title. It has not... The movie... Like, the end of the movie is literally, like, this whole thing was pointless. And, oh, boy. Okay, I got to start from the beginning. Because otherwise I'm going to tell the story like justice. All fucking stupid. (laughs) And leave out details. All right. So, this motherfucking piece of shit. It wasn't that terrible, I'll just be honest. Like, as far as, like, a children's-oriented Christmas film could go. This is like as good as it could go, pretty much. Other than it being like a, whoa, where did this come from? We got a new classic on our, on our hands, which isn't going to happen. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't really like many Christmas movies. I mean, I love a Christmas story. I, I don't. I think if you're one of those people who's like, oh, yeah, but it's overrated. Like, you can go fuck yourself. It is not overrated. It's a great film. Like, that's a great movie, period. We just choose to watch it once a year. So, yeah, let it get the 24-hour treatment. If you have a problem with A Christmas Story being on 24 hours on one channel, it's like change the channel, put on something else. You watch TBS so often that you're like, oh, fuck, I forgot this is still on. I really wanted to watch Sullivan and Son or whatever. (laughs) I don't fucking know. What's even still on TBS? Is anything on TBS? I don't know. I don't have cable anymore. That's partially my fault. But also, like, come on. A Christmas Story fucks hard. Like me. (laughs) No. (sighs) This fucking movie. This this 8-bit Christmas. (laughs) So Neil Patrick Harris plays a straight man, which, you know, is appropriation, technically. We should we should get a straight man in there to play that role, technically. Right, millennials? No. Uh, I'm one of those. Uh, well, who is next? Whatever. You get the point. <laughs> you stupid kids. <laughs> I couldn't even say it. Um... But yeah, Neil Patrick Harris is, has a daughter. Uh, there's no explanation as to where the mother of this child is. But only child. Neil Patrick Harris got big money. Uh, they're le- okay, so it's set in Chicago, which is kind of cool because as a guy from Chicago... They well okay. They did a good job. Oh, I don't know if they did a good job necessarily, but they did a job and tried very hard to put in a lot of like Chicago jargon. They're like, oh yeah, you gotta go over to fucking, you know, Geneva, and it's just like, you know, they just named a lot of real towns in the area, pretty much. <laughs> uh. 
which was um, somewhat helpful. But anyway, just logistically poses some questions right at the beginning. So it starts with Neil Patrick Harris and his daughter like leaving the the mall is just all that they call it. But they're at like fucking water tower place in River North. Like they're not at like the mall. You know what I mean? They're at like the Mag Mile, like the shopping epicenter of the city. You know, like you'd have to go to fucking Fifth Avenue to find a more competent shopping experience in like in New York City. Our Fifth Avenue is terrible. You actually can get some pretty nasty hookers over there, but that's about it. There's no Burberry. <laughs> uh but anyway, just just to be like the mall, nobody's like, oh yeah, I'm at the mall. You would say, you know what I mean? So that's just interesting. But anyway, the point is, they just had that in there because like that's going to be the main reference of the main story that is the actual movie that we're watching. My point is, though, he's like, oh, we're going to Grandma and Grandpa's. You had to stop at Magmile. To get some shit to go to your mom's. So my point is like do y'all just live in River North? Because there's other malls. Especially since it's set technically for the, in the burbs. It's all in the burbs. Which I'm going to get to. I, I understand that I'm kind of leaving things out. Which like alienates some of the details. But anyway my point is. If you're just going out to the burbs anyway, you must already be living in the city. Because regardless, there's always a mall. (laughs) You can always get to a mall. There are malls on the north side, the south side, and the west side. Those are all the sides. So, I'm just pointing that out. And PH, in this movie, clearly got mun-muns. Okay, pretty sure it was a very nice car as well. <laughs> um, but it's like y'all are just living in River North, just like casually, just you and your and your daughter. It's like I don't know if I was a single dad with a daughter, would I be living in River North? If I was a single guy, period, with a bunch of cash, you know that's that's a maybe. But, you know, if you've got the daughter, you might as well just move move to somewhere a little more efficient. I mean, I suppose they could have been in some surrounding area. It doesn't matter. None of this is that important, I suppose. <laughs> Anywho, so they get out to wherever they got to go. I forgot exactly which burp they listed as the whole thing. But anyway... He gets to his mother's house. There's just nobody around, which is bizarre. He just walks in the front door. It's like people don't leave their front door unlocked when they leave the house. I I mean, I guess I also understand that like this movie isn't striving for any like real like realism in that sense. Like, oh, look at how meticulously we worked on this. It's just like, oh, this is just some movie. So it's like, okay, that's also kind of fine. So they're walking around. Oh, the the pre-little setup is just that in the two minutes of movie from them going to the mall and going to his mom's house, the reveal is the girl really wants a cell phone. He doesn't want to get it for her. And he once slipped on ice in the exact same place that he slipped on ice. Which is just silly. That it would be like, oh, that's the ice spot. Not how ice works, ladies and gentlemen. If you're from a warmer climate, there's not really ice spots. It's, oh, it was wet 
and now it froze, so there's ice. So there can be ice anywhere. Just want to clear that up. Some people only know ice as a beverage enhancer. And some people only know ice as a foreign thing completely, which is crazy. <laughs> uh, so that's fun. I can't believe I'm going to do 45 minutes on 8-bit Christmas. How far things have fallen. Uh, anyway, they're walking around the house talking about cell phones. He, no, I'm not getting you a cell phone, whatever, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, Dad, you don't get no pussy anyway. <laughs> so, like, just give me my, uh, yeah, whatever. She's like, I basically just use, not a good argument on her part, I just realized. She's like, oh, well, I have to use your phone, and I, I'm using it more than you. It's like, well, if you're using it more than him, then he really doesn't need to get you one. If it's not that big of a deal. Anyway, see, I'm just poking all these little holes in here. This movie's going to be fucking Swiss cheese when I'm done with it. Neil, Neil, Neil. I forget what the reveal even is. They're just like, oh, here's my old bedroom. You want to play Nintendo? Anyway, so they're playing a Nintendo. The whole point of this movie, 8-Bit Christmas, is the story of a boy in the 80s who wants a Nintendo. And so this movie basically just becomes, you know, Princess Bride or whatever. That's the easiest example of that. Uh, except he's not reading a book. He's just... While they play Nintendo, he's telling his daughter the story. Every now and then, they cut back into the room. Uh, Same type of arc with that, too. The girl's, like, not interested, and then she's more and more interested, and then by the end, she's begging for the story. So, nice little nod to that, I guess. Uh, Because, I mean, that was also set in Chicago as well. No biggie. Actually, I think A Christmas Story is too, or it's like Eastern Indiana or some shit. Regardless. Shout out to the Midwest, the Christmas capital of America. Jay Cutler, Christmas Indiana. Santa Claus, Indiana. Sorry. Should have won that NFC Championship game. Okay, (laughs) so then the movie becomes an 80s movie, and they, you know, they hammer all the references in you possibly can, you know, visually, verbally, blah, 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 blah. Um, There's a rich kid in town. He's the only one with the Nintendo. He only lets 10 kids in at a time. They do The bit is 100 kids show up at his house every day just trying to get in, but he's just a rich dick and nobody likes him anyway. They just want to play with the Nintendo, so it's kind of like a big irony, whatever. Then uh, that just goes back and forth, and he's like, I'm trying to get one of these for myself so we don't got to fucking deal with this, you know, to him and his boys. And the boys are all like, yep, yep, yep. and so he you know he asks his parents they say no fuck that and then they they end up being part of like a religious fuck video games thing oh but that's all tied back so anyway the nes glove thing comes out i forgot already what that's called but i i never used one but you know obviously they weren't good To me, it's crazy that the gun was even remotely effective because, like, you know, just a general lack of all technology. I still don't really understand how that thing works. But, uh, yeah, so the glove thing is, like, a total disaster and that, like, you know, in a super child movie way, it just leads to, like, an accident And then that just, like, ends that part of the movie. It doesn't actually have any repercussions. Uh, A rich kid just doesn't... We don't have to deal with that annoying part. Because that's the thing. That part was so over the top where there's, like, literally 75 kids in this kid's kid's front lawn. It's just, like... This is so out of proportion. I don't care how many people... You know what I mean? There's just not that many people willing to travel that much, even as children, just to play some Nintendo. 
and there's there's definitely no such thing as like a rich kid in town just a silly trope like there's a rich area of town why would a rich person move to a poor town and be the only rich person that sounds awful you got to have some friends But, uh, so then this fucking kid, I don't really remember the in-between, but the, the, the rich kid's parents just, you know, they go on a whole escapade. Like we got to ban video games. We're going to blame the video games. We're neglectful, blah, 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 blah. You get it. And so that just like further pushes the kid to not get the console, um, so his last resort is like the Boy Scout Troop sales prize is going to be an NES or whatever. Uh, the kid hustles, he gets it, and then they were infiltrated by the crazies. And so they gave him encyclopedias instead. Which to pull that switcheroo is just like somebody should do something more about this. And then that changes into a final phase where they scheme out a plan to just go buy one. They're like, we'll sell baseball cards and we'll go buy one. Um, so basically what happens is everything is just like fine, not particularly like nothing is poorly made or directed or even acted really the script is pretty whatever nobody's really saying anything that funny uh steve zahn plays the kid's dad he just kind of yells a lot and they speaking of half-assed earlier everything in this movie is like half-baked like the dad's like the zany dad who's always working on the house but it's just like doesn't really affect anyone in the house that much or that often and it's not really a problem. And then like. Oh like we're going to be really harsh on this like video game ban. And it's going to be like a thing. But it doesn't like. Cause any day to day problems for the kids. Other than they can't go to the rich kid's house. And then like. For the last one they're like we're going to do this whole scheme. And it's going to be like this big blah blah blah. Like it's a big event. Then you watch it and it just like goes through the motions of it pretty regularly. And it's all pretty simple. There's just like no stakes at any moment. And like they wanted there to be. The movie's set up like it's like. the it's supposed to be the end of the world for these kids. That they can't whether they can or cannot get. An NES and you just don't really buy that they even really give a shit. Um, but then it all loops back together at the end where they're taking a field trip downtown and they have to like stall the bus by making the nerdy kid that's in their friend group like throw up a bunch because he's allergic to SpaghettiOs. They establish all this. Ooh, a little burpy. Sorry. And the kid is just, like, puking and puking and puking, whatever. So they stop the bus. And the main kid is supposed to run out, run to the mall, and buy an NES. Now, here's a thing that I guess I can't really comment on. I guess in 1988, maybe you only could buy an NES at one place. But that seems very unlikely to me. And, like, these kids, you know, they had bikes, and they were out independently anyway. Like, they had to be at the, at, you know what I mean? They had to be at the mall in the, in the city. It just doesn't add up. Like, you guys could have just went and sold baseball cards and went and bought one of these on any day of the week you wanted. You know, like there's just no reason for them to like need like I, I, I could have seen it if there was like if the ban had something to do with it, which it kind of did. He like runs into other kids parents there, but, you know, then they just like get rid of it. No problem. And then anyway, so the long loop around is when he's running for the bus. He slips on ice, throws the Nintendo into the street and it gets ran over by the bus. Let me tell you this, 
there's no world in which a kid who has what would be like a three hundred dollar item, which in nineteen eighty eight is what like eleven hundred dollars today or something outrageous. Uh, there's just no chance that even in the scenario where he has to run, that that thing is not clutched to him. And also the fact that like a bus driver wouldn't see a box flying at him and like not even react a little bit. All of it's just silly. Just silly. And uh yeah, and the fact that you just don't care that you're out that much money. I mean, they all cared and they were all devastated, but like the monetary value of that, I gotta say, would be a big deal. Because they're all aware that it's expensive. You know what I mean? They they go out of their way to be like, only the rich kid has one of these. So I don't know. I just think the carelessness is unbelievable. Now you slip on ice, you slip on ice. If you don't see it, it's gonna happen. You know what I mean? Oh, I should add, there's a great, oh, okay, sorry, their field trip was to the Art Institute, so I, you know, whatever, that was their excuse, but somehow they were in, I guess if you were taking Michigan Avenue, but uh, you wouldn't be all the way out there, I don't know, logistically, I don't think it adds up, but that's not necessarily important. Uh, David Cross has a great turn as like a bootlegger, like bootleg Christmas dealer. He ends up finding the kid right after because, of course, and uh, gets him a cab or whatever to catch up with the people. But they lose the Nintendo. Uh, And then it cuts back to the regular thing and it's like, Wait, so, like, how'd you get another Nintendo, Dad? And he's like, I didn't. She's like, what? We're playing a Nintendo right now. And he just goes, oh, yeah, yeah, well, that summer I just did, like, mowing lawns, and I bought it with my own money. And she's like, well, what the fuck? What a giant waste of time. You were supposed to tell me the story of how you got the Nintendo. You know? And then uh, the reveal is... They were stringing the kid along the whole time. Acting like they weren't going to get him shit. When really the dad was like building him like a pretty sick tree house the whole time. And then, like, that was the point of the story. Like, you don't always get what you want. But sometimes you'll get a cool other thing. <laughs> and she's like, oh, so I won't get a phone, but I might get something else. And he's like, yeah. And she's like, all right. <laughs> it's like, okay, what a fucking stupid waste of time. And then they try to do a sappy thing where, like, Steve Zahn is now just, like, dead. And it's like, well, this isn't tragic because we don't know what happened. So it's like you're trying to make this, like, an emotional scenario, but I'm not feeling anything because. And I don't know. That that was pretty much what it was. It's like everything was just, like, it just fell flat. It just, like, wanted to be all these things. It's like, oh, we're going to have. Like a little scheme scene. And we're going to do all that. And it's like, oh, this is going to be like a big organized like heist almost. How are these kids going to like put their plan into motion? And then it just all kind of happens like really quickly. And there are like no consequences. And then it's just like over. And it's like, oh, all right. And then again, the whole point of the movie is like, how do you get the NES? How do you get the NES? And he's like, I didn't get one. (laughs) I did not get one. And either way, the re- even the reveal within that reveal is I just bought it with my own money. It's like, yeah, you could have done that. You tried to do that already the whole time. That was also part of the story. You guys tried to get it with your own money. Like, what are we talking about? 
I don't know. It's stupid. It's just like, I don't know, there's like a self-importance to it. Mm, maybe not. It's it's really hard for me to put my finger on. I don't know. It just like wants to it like wants to be a classic. And I feel like they were like, how many different things can we just like plug into this to like make sure this is remembered? And in the end, that's what makes it completely unmemorable. It has like nothing original about it. It's just trying to have all these different parts from all these different movies and combine them all into one. But then like the thing that would be unique about it they're just like, yeah, none of that is actually important at all. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Cool. So I'm sure Nintendo got a fat check just to, like, get to actually use the real name. But, I mean, come on. 8-Bit Christmas. Guess what? It's not about that. So not only is the title stupid and annoying, it's completely misleading. There is no 8-bit Christmas. <sighs> Fucking HBO Max. And I, I don't know why I did it. It was like it was like 11.30 at night and then I couldn't really fall asleep. So I put it on and the next thing you know, I still didn't fall asleep. <laughs> and it's like, oh fuck, I actually watched this thing all the way through. Not uh, not a super ideal <laughs> way to spend an evening. But here's the thing: look, if you know, if you unfortunately have offspring, they'll like it, and you won't hate it. But if you're just like somebody looking to watch something for like entertainment, like don't go to this. Um, I'm also not a big Neil Patrick Harris fan, other than Harold and Kumar. Um, ah, uh, not that I really know of him in anything. I, I didn't watch How I Met Your Mother. So, that's about it. Uh, I did not like him in Gone Girl. I wish that that was somebody else. Who? You name it, pretty much. Just somebody, you know, more skilled. <laughs> Sorry, NPH. Just how it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I was going to like give it a rating. Who cares what the rating is? A 3.6 out of 10. That's how I would rate my movies. If I did like a review scale system, I would do it one through 10 with decimals, probably just to the 10th digit, not the hundredth. That's too crazy. But, you know, like Pitchfork does it. I remember Pitchfork at one point put out a movie site, but then the movie site did the reviews in stars. It's like, y'all are missing the point here. You guys may, you know, <laughs> other people do music in stars. You chose not to do that. It's just, I don't really know. Whatever. Fell apart anyway. Apparently it was good. I don't know. The Dissolve or something? The Divide? Probably, I don't know. Maybe that's a big factor. Didn't, didn't have a memorable name. So nobody knew what to do. All right. So then we'll switch it over to the other new HBO Max title, King Richard. This was a much better movie. And this was much better than I ever thought that it would be. Because uh, this another movie with a bad trailer, maybe not trailer, I don't know, whatever they air as the little bumper before episodes on HBO, like whatever that little ad is, if that's not the official trailer, then they should stop doing that and they should only put that in. But regardless, whatever I saw was not good promo for this. Um, I didn't know much about the childhood of Venus and Serena Williams and what 
their dad was like or what any of that stuff. I knew... I mean, I knew they were from Compton. I knew that they were brought up in, like, a tough... Ah, that sounds negative, but I don't mean it in a negative way. I just think, like, they were brought up in... They were brought up to be competitors. Like, they were raised for it. I guess I did know that. I was going to say tough environment. But I, I... That's true in the Compton sense, but I... I don't know. I knew that they were, like, raised to be athletes. I don't know, I guess. I guess I didn't. I didn't know enough. I didn't know nearly anything. So... I I can't speak on how that would factor in if you were aware, but from what I've heard, it all, all it does is inform you of more things you didn't already know. Um... Because basically, from what I gather, he only got shit from just, like, speaking his mind. So, <laughs> doesn't really seem like he was ever, you know, like, fucking them up or something or whatever the accusation may or may not have been. Um, But this movie seems like, now, it shouldn't... Ugh, my asses were real sharp there. Felt a whistle coming through almost. Uh... <laughs> It seemed like this was going to go like the Disney biopic route where it's just like a ham fest. Or like we're just going to make this a super sweet, gentle, puff piece garbage. Not the case at all. So like that's what the trailer made me believe. They... This movie's actually a ton of fun. I would watch this again. It, it very, very surprising. So it basically goes on the arc of the Williams family from, let's see. I don't know. Venus and Serena are like nine and eight or something when it starts. And it goes through... Venus's pro debut, which is when she was like 14 or 15 or something. So it's about like, it's about, it's a four to seven year movie, let's say. And it, it, it kind of just shows you what the fuck this guy went through, where, you know, he never had a chance. He was born in Shreveport, Louisiana, at like the height of racism in America. Uh, in that area, especially there, I think they said like, he should just get the shit kicked out of him all the time by like Klansmen, <laughs> which is not ideal, I would say. And it kind of just shows how those problems like keep going. Like he has problems with, you know, local kids in Compton, like harassing his other daughters. Well, he's trying to train them and he's just trying to train them at like the local park, which isn't safe and blah, 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 blah. But they can't get into a country club because of, you know, the obvious financial and racial barriers placed between them and that lifestyle. And this dude just kind of works everybody. Now, it's, I, I mean, I can't speak to how true it is, but it's a little hammy how he always just, like, he, he would frequently, like, speak in lessons. Like, really, really explicitly. That was kind of dumb and annoying. But it would, it would, the movie would jump all over the place. It's not necessarily, like, a family thing because there is a scene where he gets jumped by these local dudes in Compton like a second or third time. And then he like grabs a gun and he's like about to pop this dude. But then the dude happens to get popped right in front of him already anyway. And the whole thing's like pretty intense. And it's like, whoa, this is happening in this movie right now. You know what I mean? Like, of course, Will Smith has a gun and is doing it. You know what I mean? It's like, how did they manage to fit this into this? And then. You know, there's, like, marital stuff that goes on with him and his wife, who's, like, a co-trainer. Now, I will say, it seems like she doesn't get enough screen time or credit, but I think that that is because 
It's to showcase one. Like this is a sole thing for this guy. If that makes sense, like he has his vision and like he's doing it with her help, but not really taking her help in. If that makes sense, like it's still his goal and duty and like he's the one making this happen. Like you're a facilitator with me, but like this is me. Because uh, he did seem to be very selfish in that way. Where, like, he wanted a lot of the credit. But then also, like, the movie is called King Richard. Like, it's about the guy. So, really, it's the movie doing a good job of keeping the focus on the main character. Because there are times when I even, when, like, I, like, my instincts were to wish for it to continue watching, you know, the development of Venus and Serena or whatever. But it doesn't. It does a good job of keeping this about, like, the dad. And, uh... Will Smith's voice is a little hard to get used to. Because it almost seems like he's doing, like, a Black Forest Gump. Is just, like, the easiest way to put it. But, like... Which is all... Which was weird... What was weird about it? Because, like, the man has no, like... He's not, like, mentally challenged. <laughs> but it kind of seemed like he was playing him a little that way, and he would, like, stand kind of weird. Now, I don't know if all of that's accurate to the guy. I'm sure it is. But it was almost like at the beginning, I'm like, am I supposed to think that this guy's retarded? Because <laughs> I really can't tell if he's supposed to be retarded or not. Um, but uh, from what I gather, no, he is not supposed to be viewed as a retarded person in this movie, which is great. <laughs> Um, but then he, so he hustles his way to getting them like a coach who's like a pro and he, they do a good job of throwing in all these like little tennis references, like to the accurate to the time. And then like, even like, uh, Andy Roddick is brought up casually, like at some point. So it's just like, you know, they're good at sprinkling like real sports references in there. Um, he clashes with one of the trainers, then he gets a better trainer who is, uh, ooh, what is that guy? The guy who played the Punisher, which didn't work out, unfortunately, but he's good. John Bernthal, he's fucking electric in this movie, and it doesn't really get boring. They don't spend too much time in too many places, really, until the end where... They're at Venus's pro debut, and that just kind of lingers for too long. But I will say, like, all of the tennis in this movie looks great. Uh, they do a really interesting job of the way they cut stuff. And, like, the zoom-ins and all that. And they show the speed very well. And there's a big chunk of tennis in this movie. And it's all very entertaining and very well done. So, I mean, they, they honestly just kind of crush this thing across the board. Uh, my only, my big gripe was, oh, one thing, so one major thing that I left out, which leads to this, is that the the initial trainer, so he's like, you got to do it for free because, like, we're broke, <laughs> and thanks. Basically, his pitch to them was, like, you get the privilege of training these prodigies who are going to be incredible. So, like, you'll do it for free because it'll make you money and you don't want to look stupid and all the, those things. So, anyway, he tries that for on a bunch of guys. And the one guy who finally accepts, he's like, I can't train both. I can only train one. So, then Serena, like, basically just gets fucked over. And then there's a big, the big speech that he gives to Serena at Venus's pro debut. It was like, I was planning this the whole time. She's going to be great, but you're going to be the best. And it's like, okay. Like I said, he already spoke in lessons the whole time. And this was the one where it's just like, even if this conversation really happened, it's so much less believable now. Especially even after, after having watched all of this movie. Where he's speaking like this to everybody the entire time. Uh, <laughs> that was the one thing where it's like, okay, we get it. You know. Obviously, Serena was, ba has you know, 
proven herself to be better at this point in time. We all know that anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I would say that they just like, they were like producers on it. It seemed like they definitely went out of their way to like make sure in the, like in the long run at the end, he wasn't like, he didn't come off that poorly, but it did seem like he was coming up very honestly. Like he's not great to his wife. He's not great to the kids. Some of the time, it's not like, Oh, look at just this like perfect man, you know, but it's trying to be like, Look at all the things that this guy went through and sacrificed, like, to do this for his kids at the same time. So it, it does a nice balance of both. Uh, but, it, I mean, at the same time, too, he, like, he owns a lot of motherfuckers. He talks circles around people, makes them look stupid. It's a very funny movie through a lot of it. There's not a ton of emotion. There's an incredible scene between Will and... The wife, I, I don't know the actor's name for that. I, I You know what I mean? I always do this thing where I mix character and actor and I don't clarify. Whatever. <laughs> the husband and wife are having a fight and it gets very real and she very much stands her ground. Which was important for the character. Again, whether this happened or not, just like for the movie, because like I mentioned... She's kind of just a background character, kind of just until the movie needs her. And it's like, oh, now she's a central figure again. But then she just like won't be in four or five scenes in a row or at least not talking. Because um, there's another important scene where Will take when Will takes Venus to the trainer. She goes with Serena to the park in the hood still and like works. And it shows that like, oh, this actually is a two person thing. Like. We're we're proving this to you right now. And the juxtaposition of those shots was really awesome. The editing in this movie is just fantastic. Uh and yeah, so it it just shows like, oh, the character like actually you know, cares and is important and all these other things. And they have a huge fight in the kitchen. She really stands her ground. It's just like it, it just makes everything so much more whole. So they really rounded everything out of this thing. I wish it was maybe like 10 minutes shorter. Which most of that could have got cut from the end. You know, there's just like little things here and there where it goes on maybe just a little too long. Um, but it does a great job. It showcases like all the all the weirdness of like the country club thing and just how like. Uh, I, I don't know, like how, how it was tough for them to like even break into that scene. Uh, which is funny. He's basically just like, yeah, only just like rich white people play tennis. So he's like, we p- that's why we pick tennis. Because <laughs> like, he was basically like, there's no way that they won't be great at tennis if we just train them. Because black people don't play tennis. But if they did, y'all would be fucked. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, you're right. That's how I've always felt about skateboarding. Any black dude that picks up a skateboard like, and actually like, works at it well i mean not any obviously but it just seems like so many black dudes go pro but like how often do you see black dudes skating like you know what i mean just like around it's a smaller number and you know you could see why but i'm just saying like if somebody with like an already like natural athletic ability did this thing versus trying to do what everybody else does, they could get a lot further. Which is cool. I mean, it's kind of like the same concept as how you see uh, like just the level of skill in UFC going crazy because now people have been doing it since they were a kid versus like, you know, 20 years ago, whatever, when it, when it would be guys who started doing it, you know, as a backup option and it came late and all that. Just always love stuff like that. <clears throat> you know, sometimes you gotta find your way in. Like if I would have done, if I would, you know what I mean. If I would have been the guy doing the podcast fucking seven years ago, things might be a lot different now. But you just, you just can't. Sometimes you're too late to some. <laughs> uh, boy, we did it, King Richard. Great flick. I gotta say, I, I very much recommend that one. 
I didn't, I didn't like the title. I didn't, I don't like how it looks like it's going to be this like inspiration cry fest. It is not that at all. There's some, there's emotion in it. Like obviously, um, I don't think that I was even provoked like emotionally though. You know, there's some there's some good stuff in there. There's some good like there's some tender father-daughter moments in there as well. But it's not trying to be this like grand like tearjerker. It's not trying to like get you really which is all that I was expecting was like some sentimentality or some tragedy or some this or some that and it's not. It's really not trying to do that at all. It's basically just trying to be like, yo, this is what went down. This is what shit was like. And this is like, we're just going to do a really great job, like piecing all this together for you. And like, it's going to look good. And, you know, what what more can you want? And once Bernthal gets in too, it really just starts flying because he's electric on there. Um, I mean, he's supposed to be playing a guy with like a fuck ton of energy and like, that's the whole thing. And he's like the cool tennis coach and all that stuff. But the movie just is a not is nonstop fun from the second he shows up because the, you know, there's a lot of clashing before that. It's a lot of rejection. They're not getting into clubs. They're not getting trainers. Then it's, oh, we got a trainer, but I don't agree with this guy. And then. I don't agree with this guy leads to like, I'm going to fight with my wife, which leads to like, I'm fighting with the kids again. You know what I mean? And it's, it's a lot of conflict in the first half and then it gets a lot more fun, you know, and there's still more from there. Like he, he just takes a lot of liberties with decision-making basically is the, the big issue of the whole movie. He's always just like, yeah, well I, I decided. So, oh, well. Good stuff. It was good. And, uh, you know, a lot to learn. Because overall, most of this wasn't that publicized anyway. I think that from what I gather, the information that was out there was just this dad is dumb for not letting his daughters play professional tennis and people are mad. But he was just like trying to look out for what was best for them. And they're like, you don't know. Sign this contract. And then he's like, nah. <laughs> there's 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 some good contract scene stuff in this movie. Where they're like, we're not going to be dumb fucks. And it was awesome. It's real easy. See that piece of paper. You know what I mean? I, I'd want to sign whatever I saw. That's how you know how confident you really are in yourself. Like, am I going to sign the first deal that comes up without the risk? Or am I going to go out there, show people what I got, and try to get some more? Got to say, I would probably sign the first deal (laughs) right away. Uh, And regret it. You know, you'll always regret it. Whew. Well, been a pleasure as always, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I hope you check out King Richard. I don't really care if you watch 8-Bit Christmas or not. Fuck. <laughs> God, I hate that so much. Um, But it was good to be back. No football talk this week, which is fine. I mean, the NFL is such a fucking mess. I have no idea what to make of anything. Uh, just like just like everybody's saying, I mean, who's even good? We can't even tell. It's it's just crazy. So we'll see what happens. Probably talk some more of that next week. Maybe we'll see. Might have a mini-sode next week. I don't know. I don't predict the future. If you're listening from the future, then that's not relevant to you anyway. Uh... <laughs> Rate, review, subscribe to this show. 
Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, whatever you name it, we're on it. We gotcha. Uh, check out everything linked in the description if you're so inclined. I love you, sweet baby. Sweet baby Ray. And remember, I are fat. You are fat. We are fat. Calculator.